Iowa everywhere. From the Channel Seed Studios, Nick Oson and Jake Brent talk all things Big 12. This is Firmly Entrenched. Powered by Heartland Flags and Gifts. Every team, every sport, every flag. Almost. Here's Nick and Jake on Iowa Everywhere. Welcome into Firmly Entrenched. It is Wednesday, 2.30 p.m., Tip-off at Hilton Coliseum in five and a half hours. It is a huge week in Ames. I'm Jake Brent with Local 5 Sports, joined as always by Nick Oson of 24-7 Sports. Nick, is it your birthday again? <laughs> I'm so sorry. I just, it was so well done. I didn't want to take it down yet. And maybe I'll be just, reusing for Vivi's birthday this week. Just save it for next year. Why not? <laughs> yeah. But no, man, it's it's great to be back. And like you said, huge, huge week. Probably the biggest regular season week of the year for some Iowa State hoops. Yeah, if you compare it to last week, we'll get more into in-depth in a bit. Last week is kind of one of those house money weeks where 0-2 is probably expected. 1-1 and is a fantastic outcome, 2-0. and it, It's a dream. Whereas this week really anything short of two and oh sets you back from expectations and standards so it's a it's a big week ahead at hilton we're, so we're going to preview k-state we're going to preview ku separately we're going to talk some big 12 and then the nfl weekend ahead and we understand that a lot of people will be listening probably tomorrow as in thursday so we do have timestamps in the description if you want to skip the k-state preview if you're listening after the game already happened along with no, just that the big 12 hoops talk will be pretty evergreen. So yeah, just keep that in mind. Go to description, YouTube, Spotify, Apple, wherever you get it, click right there. And uh, it'll, it'll skip you ahead to where you want to be. As always, we are presented by Heartland flags and gifts in the channel seed studios. And with the help of steeple Ridge bourbon, Nick K State, they are, they're hot. They're four and one. This is one of those teams that I probably said on the record that I thought was going to miss the tournament, and they've started Big Twelve play tied for first, four and one. They have had a bit of an easier schedule, probably the easiest of any team in the conference so far, but nonetheless, four and one in the toughest conference in America is no slight. They're pretty young. If you haven't watched K-State since last year, there's not going to be a ton of turnover. Cam Carter's their best player. He was on the team last year. On offense, they, they're they kind of similar to the last two Iowa State teams as far as tempo. They play a pretty slow tempo. Yeah. They turn the ball over a ton. One of the worst in the country. 21% of possessions obviously plays into Iowa State's strengths. I guess just on paper, at first glance, what do you see out of this matchup? Definitely. Jake, I think a few things kind of stood out. You know, as we progress further into the preview, just looking at kind of the the comparison, the matchup of, you know, some of strengths against maybe weakness, weakness against strength. 
I really do like the matchup for Iowa State. I was a little bit surprised to see the line creeping up all the way to eight and a half, close to nine points uh, just for this game. But when you factor everything in and specifically just kind of that early comparison, I love what you said about previous Iowa State teams. I think it's very similar. You know, you kind of have your your top of the line guys at, at point guard or maybe, you know, Carter in kind of that two or three role, but playing a little bit through more of a forward as well in Kaluma. I think that Tang, quite honestly, has done a really nice job with totally. this group. Like you mentioned, neither of us was very high on this team initially. Uh, and, and even if it is one of the easier schedules in the Big 12 so far, they've got a couple nice wins. One amazing win, Baylor at home. Right. I looked back a little bit, barely lost to Tech on the road. So while I think that Iowa State will win and we'll continue to get into a little bit of why, I've been a little bit impressed with K-State. And if the tournament started this week, the Cats would be in. Drawing back to that 21 and 22 Iowa State comparison, they really, really ugly the game up. They slow it down. They've got a really good three-point defense, the best in conference-only games. And with that, you see them take down a team like Baylor at home. But they also almost lost to Oklahoma State at home, probably should have lost that game. So that's what you invite when you do ugly the game up as much as they do. And Iowa State fans, they don't need to hear that. They, They know exactly how that train goes. As far as their defense, it's similar to Iowa State in the fact that they're not great at allowing offensive, or they give up a lot of offensive rebounds. So for me, I think the X factor of this game will come down to who allows the least second chance points and offensive rebounds because with how good their three-point defense is, Iowa State is already not a good three-point shooting team at all. They're going to miss a lot, but if you have Trey King, Rob Jones inside, gathering those misses, putting them back up, that's still a positive on the other side. And then for Iowa State, the turnover battle, I don't know if they're going to force 27, maybe ever again, because that was such a deviation from the mean. But if they're generating their their season average and win, which I believe is around 18 in scoring off of that. This has that type of feel where it could just be a comfortable 12 point victory. K-State's young. They are turnover prone. They haven't really won in one of these big time environments yet. They almost won in tech, which is a good environment, but this could be a situation where it does get away from them. But you know, Tang's a really good coach and he's proven through five conference games already that he's brought this team back to where everyone kind of expected, mm-hmm. even after a rough non-con. Yeah, I, again, I've been impressed with what he, you know, really has done with this group. Jake, what is kind of the guard matchup look like to you? I'd say specifically as, as we're live right now, not official word on star point guard Tame and Lipsy's status uh, for this one. Just what would you kind of think, I guess, if he can't go? And then obviously, how does it further aid Iowa State defensively if he can? Yeah, I'll give credit to CW on this one. He's been kind of on this since before the TCU game and saying that not having Lipsy, 
obviously you you always want Lipsy out there. He's your best player. He's your leader in pretty much every major statistical category. You're obviously always going to want him out there. But what that TCU did TCU game did was it gave Jones a lot of minutes. It gave Gilbert it gave Gilbert the keys. More responsibility. Have to be the primary ball handler. So with that, they all grew. No doubt. But I would worry kind of that game coming back down from that if you don't have Lipsy. And we'll we'll obviously probably know in a couple hours if Lipsy is going or not going. But I would be worried about the guard matchup if Lipsy didn't play. I don't know if you can get that same production and output two games in a row without your best player. It's sort of like the new coach theory in the NFL. I was just going to say Always, that. always mm-hmm. bet on a team after they fired their coach just because why not? It, they're playing with nothing to lose. They always come out firing. I, I'd, I'd love to know the hit rate on that. But the the following game, maybe not as strong in Vegas. So I would that would be my fear for the game tonight is if Lipsy isn't going, you see that regression to the mean. Yeah, I, I think that's, you know, totally fair. I also feel like there's a little bit more high end talent in, in kind of some of the guard matchup here. I mean, we're not gonna talk a ton about TCU necessarily in this show, but I wasn't super impressed uh, with them. I I felt like the game plan from TJ and the staff was phenomenal. So I just go back to that game a little bit just to say I agree. I think they'd really miss Taman in this one. Obviously, Iowa State would still be favored, and I think they'd likely win. But, you know, I think this is one on both ends, but specifically defensively. I love what he could provide against, you know, obviously Perry, guys like Carter. And then I feel like I've been impressed a little bit with the trade and transfer. Kaluma, you know, since he's kind of settled in a little bit. I I think that this whole team, and like you mentioned, a lot of kind of turnover, maybe it took some guys a little while to get comfortable. I know that some K-State fans were a little disappointed with some of Perry's production in the non-conference, but now, I mean, he's averaging a relatively efficient 15 and eight. You'll certainly take that from like your second best player or maybe third, depending on kind of how you look at things. I think that he's really impressive with some of that guard play. But then again, Iowa State has some of that length and physicality to make things more difficult for him. Yeah, for for K-State, they've got that three-headed monster where they have three guys all playing 35-plus minutes. No other player in the rotation plays more than 30. So it, it is a little similar to their team last year with Keontae Johnson and Marquise Noel and in that regard, obviously just not the talent or the production that those guys provided. So it, it could be one of those those games where you have to pick your poison on which one you want to take out. I don't know K-State well enough to give a strategy on who that would be, who that would, f- which guy would favor Iowa State the most. But if I had to guess, that would kind of be Otz's game plan going in is you can't really take away all three guys because behind that they don't have much they've got a lot of solid depth solid role players but this is kind of a big three if you will as even though that doesn't live up to the 
to the term where, where that came from. As far as the atmosphere goes, this is the first meaningful game with students since Iowa. Wow. And it, it's only the Jeez. second meaningful game all year with students. So I would imagine a, a pretty good crowd. Definitely not as good as we'll see Saturday. The KU game always takes it to a different level. But it should be a really good atmosphere. First game, not during a blizzard since New Year's. So it, and it's a late tip. Late tips always factor in the, the extra drunkness, the extra, you know, just extra time to get amped for the amped up for the game. I'm excited to, to witness that part. Yeah. I'm pumped for you and, you know, our great producer Aiden and, and all the great Cyclones fans there, you know, th it's going to be a fun atmosphere. And also I'm fortunate, you know, it's on national TV. I'm going to take care of more work as always after this, and then sit on the couch and watch some. So it'll be nice, especially next week when we do a little reflection on the two games this week, you know, they don't factor in with, a lot of the kind of other things that that might be locked in. So it's going to be great. I, I saw that there were already not a ton, but some students out there getting ready. Oh, really? Uh, I did not see yep. that. Yeah. On the uh, Cyclone Alley Twitter account, you know, I saw that shared. So I think it's going to be really intriguing. Again, personally, I felt like the line that I saw was a bit high. But if you asked me what side I would take, I think I would take Iowa State. I, I see a relatively back and forth game for those first 22, 25 minutes, and then the Cyclones start to pull away a little bit. Something like a 77 to 68 type of game. All right. I, I'm going to go 70 to 65. Okay. I just, that, I'm going to make that bet factoring Lipsy not playing. Mm hmm. Not that I've I have no inside information. I have no clue. <laughs> but just assuming he doesn't play, I feel like that's your safest way to bet. I I'd say K State probably covers in this one. But like we said, this is a game you have to have. You got that bonus gravy win on the road at TCU. You've already beat the best team in the league on your home floor. The cards are all set for you to win out at Hilton. There's no reason you shouldn't. You'll be favored in every game. You have to protect the home court. And if you do that, you hope you can steal one or two more road games. Just like that, you are firmly in the Big 12 hunt, which is, which is not that unrealistic. But no. we will know way more after this week if you split yeah you're probably sticking to that nine and nine ten and eight projection if you go two and oh you could talk me into an 11 and 7 12 and 6 type season wow just i mean if if you leave with wins over houston and kansas you've already got that the yeah. meat of your schedule but as we saw last year they had those three weeks in a row beating Texas, K-State, KU, all top 10 teams. And then you drop games in Hilton to Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, and West Virginia. So just because you get the tough ones out of the way 
doesn't mean that the ones that look like chip shots are going to be a chip shot. You you still have to take care of business night in, night out. And on top of that, you know, as we kind of went into last week, just looking ahead for these next couple of weeks, you want to take care of business because next week's schedule, Oof. a couple road games, tough spots, and frankly, one team that I am still high on, I know we're going to get into, and then another that's played a little bit better basketball over the course of the last eight or nine days. So certainly intriguing, but I'm with you tonight, Jake, and I think it's going to be a really interesting game. I like Iowa State, and it would just be another quality win to add to the conference slate. Totally. not. This isn't a, a game that's going to show up on your tournament resume or anything like that, but it's a loss that could. Exactly. We'll just put it that way. Yep. As always, thank you to Heartland Flags and Gifts, the title sponsor of Firmly Entrenched. You can go online to heartlandflags.com or in-store at 3719 Southwest 9th Street in Des Moines. Free shipping anywhere in the U.S. New products constantly. Every team, every sport, every flag. I need to get a new Nuggets flag. Maybe they've got some NBA champion Denver Nuggets. They've been. Oh, I'm sure. Oh, baby. They've been. They've been looking good again. It's the dog days of the NBA season, whether you're. A T-Wolves fan, a Hornets fan, or a Nuggets fan, go get your favorite team's flag and show your team pride at heartlandflags.com. Good win in Boston recently, I saw. Oh, baby. Oh, yeah. Still the, still the most clutch team in the league. Yep. Still the best duo in the league and still the MVP. I don't care what <laughs> bum's dropping 70 points out there. He's not better than the Serbian big man. Let me say that much. All right, let's not talk hoops. I'll, or let's not talk <laughs> NBA hoops. I could I could do a couple hours on that. Let's move into some evergreen Big 12 hoops talk. Welcome, if you're joining us after skipping ahead our K-State preview. Thanks for being here. Where do you want to start? Do we want to start Texas, KU? Here's Houston? what I'd say. Let's go Let's ahead. go... Texas, then our fun little segment today, because then that KU question can slide right into the next part. Right on. All right. Is Texas back? <laughs> Man, I I think they might be. Obviously, we're having a little fun referencing football there, but a lot of people were counting them out, Jake. I, I'll admit I need to see kind of, obviously, this to continue and kind of their schedule down the line as we get toward the end of the regular season, but back to back two really, really good wins in the big 12 for Rodney Terry and, and the Longhorns. And coming off of a loss to central Florida and the, the whole the controversy. Right yeah. Oh, gosh, just pretty pathetic if I'm putting it nicely, but to respond the way they did against Baylor, a game with, about six minutes left, I thought that they were going to end up losing by double digits to respond. And Tyrese Hunter, give him props, made a really, really cool shot, cool moment for him. And then they jumped up and down like they won the national championship, happy for that team. And then you go on the road and throttle Oklahoma, a team that we weren't exactly that high on coming into the Big 12 season, but they've been really good. To win that game by double digits, I think they're even up 20 at one point. I'll be honest. Yeah, at least it was at least 18. 
I, I wasn't able to watch that game. I, I caught the late Big 12 slate last night. Houston BYU? Oh, yeah. Houston BYU, TCU, Oklahoma State. They're still on the outside looking in in Joe Lenardi's bracketology. I think they're even on like the next four out, not even the first four out. So they've got work to do. But those are two quad one wins that will show up on Selection Sunday. And they, they've got a, they've got their work cut out in front of them. But on Baylor on Saturday against Baylor it was Tyrese Hunter. Last night it was Max Aismas. So that that's gotta be the way they do it going forward. They just they pretty much have to get twenty from a guy each night, or else they're probably not gonna win a lot of these big twelve games. Yeah. Yeah, I'm totally with you. I mean, there's you know, the the nice thing, the beautiful thing about this conference that we get to talk about on the show. There are always these opportunities to add those resume building wins. That's kind of what makes it, you know, so fun and why you you haven't seen me. I mean, this is my personality, but like I haven't gotten too high on any teams. Also, I haven't gotten super low because there's always the time to switch things up, whether it's in Oklahoma. Neither of us was really sold on them. K-State, we talked about their quality wins like Baylor. I think they've shown the highs and the lows. Iowa State, a lot of people were down after that Oklahoma game and then the BYU game. So it's just it's a fun thing about covering this conference. And I'll go ahead and say I do think Texas ends up making it uh, because they have played some really tough games. They came out with victories, should have a couple easier ones at home still. So that's my call right now, Jake. So let's say. Let's say the committee the selection committee just says, you know what? We understand the big 12 is the best conference in basketball by a very wide margin, but still we're not going to allow more than 10 teams to make it. You're putting Texas in. Who are you knocking out? That would currently be in not based off of current resumes, but just, just as rejecting the season goes a little on, bit. who do you think would be most likely to to drop out? So you've got West Virginia out, Oklahoma State out. And Central Florida out. Okay. Even though they have a path too. But yes, I'm not picking them. Uh, I would probably – I'd knock out Cincinnati, I think. Cincinnati potentially – Potentially TCU, as you will it. hear, as yep, as you will hear a little bit more shortly. But man, I, I give so much credit to Coach Otzelberger, the players and the staff. But TCU just did not impress me, and their resume is not as deep as some of these other teams. They don't even have some of the wins that Texas has. But yeah, I, I love putting on the bracketologist hat, man. That's something I've gotten even more into since these jobs. But that's kind of what I would say right now. I would say Cincy or TCU. Texas sliding up. It's it's a grind. I like I think if TC or Cincinnati was in another conference, they're probably looking at a seven or eight seed. Oh, Cincinnati so. could hang with yeah, a lot of ACC other conferences I've seen. I'm with you. I like Wes Miller. I like some of their personnel, but they just haven't been able to close in a couple of these games. Yeah, did you know that they have a uh, uh CJ Frederick? Yep. I, I actually did. He, he hasn't yeah. played at all in big 12 play. That was a familiar face that 
I, I didn't really realize they had. But because yeah, they need a, him, yeah. That's a familiar face to Iowans. So we're gonna play a little game of buy and sell. We're heading over to the stock market. You gotta sell one stock and you gotta buy one stock in current Big Twelve teams. Nick, let's start with who you're selling. Okay. My sell than yours. Uh, that yeah. sounds good. Uh, you know, for any if of you our... want to play, you can play also. We didn't really f- fill you in on this. <laughs> I would just, yeah, I'd just love to maybe. What did he say? <laughs> he said we can go on without him. Okay. I'd maybe, yeah, just love to hear a sell from him potentially. But for anybody, you know, great listeners that have been tuned in to this whole show, I've said it a couple times now. My sell, TCU. I like Jamie Dixon as a coach, and I thought that they made some really good additions in the offseason. I'm not going to you know, doubt their coaching talent or anything like that, but a perfect example. And again, Iowa State, good. I think they're really good. You know, We know I've been high on them, but that was a game Saturday you cannot drop in this conference as Iowa State is without like their best player. And for much of it, as we know, Jake, it wasn't even a game. For a good 25, yeah. 28 minutes. It's a miracle it was a game. Yeah, exactly. It took kind of, you know, a minor collapse a little bit from the Cyclones. I haven't seen the consistency from TCU. They don't have like that Mike Miles type player. I think that they need to find better ways to feed their talented posts and actually get some buckets there and not just kind of forcing these mid-range or kind of long twos. Do I think they'll make the tournament? I do. Again, I like their construction, but we're talking about contenders or, you know, stocks that we might want to keep or not. That is the team that I'd be on the selling stock right now. Yeah. So you're, you're selling the stock kind of low coming off of a home loss. Yeah. And then they very well could have lost Oklahoma state last night. Yeah. And don't, don't get me wrong. The pokes have been a tough out at home but they were down double digits in the first and second half. And Oklahoma state did have a shot to tie it in the closing seconds. They, ex- they escape with a win. I'm going to sell a team high that we've already talked okay. enough about today. Kansas state. Young Selling high. All right. Turnover prone, ugly. They've played the easiest part of their schedule. It gets really difficult ahead. So I'm not selling their stock as a tournament team. I think they'll still make the tournament as right. kind of that 9, 10, 11 type range. Kind of but, like the Iowa State 11 from two seasons ago. Right. You know, but just, I just continue that. I just don't buy their hot start as legit Big 12 contenders. Yep. And that was, you know, great idea from you, man, with this game. That was kind of my thinking on it, you know, as a contender, not like necessarily a team or a tournament team. Um, you know, unless our, our guy has uh, a team, you know, he'd kind of want to sell their stock right now. I'll jump into my buy. You can go ahead. Sorry. Okay. He's he's on mute. Um, he said he's selling the Cyclones. He's uh, no. No. <laughs> he gets you in trouble um, with that boy. Yeah, he'll get me in trouble. I'm, My bad. I'm not going to, you know, follow kind of the smart stock rules. I am selling low and buying high. 
But it's a team that I, I think is just they can clean some things up, raise some of their shooting numbers. They're built to win and make a run in March. And that is Houston. Yeah. This defense is one of the best. And I haven't even been able to watch, you know, as much of them. Obviously, Big Ten's keeping me busy, of course, as well. But seeing the numbers, seeing some of the games, obviously, Iowa State matchup, that defense can travel anywhere. It can go anywhere. They bring it every game. I think Calvin Sampson is a top six, eight coach, top 10 at least, but probably higher in the nation. And I know that they have the scoring talent too. So you would think even with kind of their tempo and defensive focus, that comes around. I think they're starting to get used to some of the physicality of this conference and that they won't just step on the floor being kind of the most physical every game, uh, kind of some of the deepest teams. So again, obviously they're getting the respect nationally with their rankings and have been through much of the year. But Jake, I'm going to stick with the Houston Cougars right now. They grew up last night. That is a tough, tough place to win over there in Provo. We saw last week just how quickly that game got away from Iowa State. When BYU's hitting shots and that arena's end of the game, and Houston was up double digits in the last 10 minutes, like three different times. Every single time BYU responded, made a run, made it a tie game, made it a two-point game. Every single time Houston responded and won that game. And that's why when I was thrown together this idea yesterday, it was before the games. And that's why I wanted to wait until after last night's slate to make a prediction. And I was I was hesitant on Houston because I just needed to see them do it on the road. They just won in one of the probably four best atmospheres in the conference. Oh, easily. Against yeah. a red-hot team. Very impressive win. I'm going to buy Baylor. I like it. I do not think they're going to win the Big 12. I would not place that wager. But I would love to see what a number for them to make the final four would be. Because this team can shoot the threat off of a ball. They are so young, so talented, which that is the second side of that sword where I don't know if I trust them going to a Lawrence, going to a Provo and winning. But come tournament time, I think Scott Drew's going to have this team playing really good basketball at the best time. Coming do up. Do they come to Ames this year? They do not. Okay. I know Iowa State goes, goes there. Goes yep. Uh next week actually. I believe that's next Saturday. Mm-hmm. So their next four games, this will most likely be three quad one games. Yeah, three of the next four quad one. They they've got TCU at home, then they go to Central Florida, and then they close with Iowa State and Texas Tech at home. So you get three teams in that second to third tier at home and a game they should win at UCF. I think when we're doing a show in two weeks, we're going to be talking about how Baylor is seven and two in the conference and if they're legit contenders. I think it's a good time to buy their stock coming off of that K-State loss, 
coming off of the Texas loss. Scott Drew is what I think the second best coach in the conference. He's going to get this thing chugging along. Dude, I, I got no problem saying I love this pick. I, I, I like it even better than some of mine. It was one I really considered. I think I just didn't go with it because I was so high on them early in the year. I thought that they had a decent chance, actually, to win this conference. They obviously still can. It's not like they've been you know, losing to a lot of not-so-great opponents or anything like that. But that stretch, super winnable. Obviously, Walter has been incredible. I like Scott Drew, and it just feels like maybe that is a stretch to kind of get them fully back on track. And like you said, in a couple of weeks, we could very much be talking about the Bears at 7-2 and two in the Big 12, which will they be in first? Maybe not, but that sets them on a path to potentially be one of those top two or three contenders. Totally. So – we're going to move into the KU preview and we're already going to talk about what's going on with Kansas, but this fits, this fits nice into a preview of Saturday's game against the Jayhawks 1230 on CBS. I was doing research. It's tough to find every network that Iowa State's ever played on, but I believe that this is the first CBS game at Hilton Coliseum since the 01 Jake Sullivan game. I could be wrong on that. It's on YouTube. I actually watched a lot of it the other day. Bill Raftery in the house. But I believe that's right. I believe that's right. I could be wrong. Either way, it's not a common occurrence. No, and it's going to be a huge game, as it always is. It's always the best crowd of the year. And it's, it's a game that... Iowa State should win eight or nine times out of 10, which is really, really crazy to say about any team that's coached by Bill Self. But I think as far as talent goes, it's either equal or Iowa State's a little bit better. I just don't think this KU team is deep enough. Mm -hmm. They're not great at shooting. True. Dickinson isn't quite as dominant in the Big 12 as he was in the Big 10. The style, the styles contrast a little bit too much. But again, we're talking about Bill Self. He will get this thing figured out. He's going to win a game that you cannot believe that he won. And you just better hope that it's not Saturday at Hilton Coliseum. We have seen this movie so many different times. I mean, even last year, I remember there was a point where they had the fifth or sixth longest odds to win the conference. And what do they do? They go and win the conference. It's the Bill Self special. There's, I'm not, I know that they've already lost the two easiest road games on their schedule at Central Florida and at West Virginia. Two inexcusable losses that should never happen i know they've already lost that but kansas will be in that last stretch they'll be contenders in that last two weeks of february push into march i want to note this jake it's not football so maybe you know it doesn't have kind of the same components or kind of effects from it but it's worth noting 
Kansas has a full four days to prepare for this game Saturday. Yeah. I know we're, you know, doing a little bit of a preview and just kind of talking about their season. That's a lot of time. Iowa State's got the late game tonight. I just feel like you made a great point with Hunter Dickinson, but also, I mean, we talked about this back in October, November, when we just started kind of bringing up a little bit of conference hoops. The depth just isn't there. So if that's what you were kind of talking about with like talent from a one through nine, one through 10, I'm totally with you uh, for Iowa State. I still think Kansas has that high end talent, which generally Bill Self figures out a way to kind of mold these pieces together. I think at times their defense has been impressive. At times it's non-existent. Like it's not always kind of the consistency that you're used to seeing. I mean, 91 to West Virginia, that's something you don't see. Uh-uh. But similar to Baylor, they also have some winnable games in kind of that stretch, but theirs is more mid to late February. They've got right. some real tough ones coming up this Saturday. And then maybe one of the games of the year next week when they host Houston. The the nerds hate Kansas. <laughs> I'm I'm never gonna put all my chips into what the nerds are saying. It's just not how how I approach sports, but numbers do matter to me. And Ken Palm is often a really good gauge of what a team is. They can be off, no doubt. They they can always make mistakes, but right now, the analytics do not like Kansas. Granted, they're still in the top 20 and whatever, but they don't like Kansas as much as they typically like Kansas. I don't know what that what that means. I don't know why that is. It might be what you... Just said giving up 91 to West Virginia. I don't care if you're playing West Virginia on a boat in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. You should never give up 91 points to them. That's just especially a a Bill Self-Coach team that's so out of character. As far as the game Saturday, my bold prediction is that Iowa State beats Kansas by more points than they beat K-State. Last year... Iowa State dominated KU. It was the most boring game out of that three-week, three wins over top 10-team stretch. It's just the type of game that I I think can get away from Kansas with somewhat similar playing styles, somewhat similar tempos. So I love... You know, I, I kind of love the prediction. I love the confidence. I feel like it's as much confidence in Iowa State as well as kind of hitting on and maybe doubting some of what Kansas can do, which I hear you there. I would probably still pick Iowa State to win just because I was looking at, at the conference standings and it is ridiculous how many home teams there still are that are still undefeated at home. I think there are at least four, maybe five. Of course, Iowa State's one of them. But I still think, man, I think last year was an outlier. I think we get another classic between the Cyclones and Jayhawks played within like. You're probably right. One to seven points through most of it. And then if Iowa State wins, which they would be my pick, but I'd see like a 71-67 type game. I, I think that 
if there is a win this week that's closer to double digits, I would go tonight against Kansas State. There definitely is something to how many times that Kansas has won inside Hilton Coliseum. Bill Self knows how to coach. He knows how to use his timeouts there. He, Him and Scott Drew are as good as anybody in the country at doing that. Self is not afraid to use his last timeout at the nine-minute mark if it means it's going to shut the crowd up. Mm-hmm. So we, we've seen this story more than once, but I just... I really do think that this Kansas team is one or two steps down from the average Kansas team. Just talent, one through nine, top-end talent. Like, I I think you'd probably say that Kevin McCullough Jr. is their best player, but I think even he is one or two steps down from the Ochai Baji, from the Jalen Wilson, from the guy that they've had the previous couple years. So that... That's, I guess, where my hesitancy with Kansas is. I don't picture them as an Elite Eight team this year. Whereas typically on my bracket, Bill Self is a, he's just a shoe in, make it to the Elite Eight pretty much every single year. I don't think that this is one of those years. Yeah, I don't think they are right now, but I still think they, they can get there. I'm with you, though. That, that was a good call. You know, I think that. Ochai was definitely a level up. I think you could make some comparisons. Obviously, Wilson was just able to score more, but I do love what McCullough brings on the wing, you know, experience defensively. Plus, you've still got a guy that obviously was very heavily recruited and pursued in the portal right. in Dickinson. So, and Dewan yeah, Harris. Dewan Harris, you know, and, and a young piece here and there. So, I, I think. While I'm foreseeing a 2 and a week for Iowa State, I think it's going to be much tougher Saturday. And this isn't a crazy take, but I think that South and the Jayhawks figure it out and end up, even if they don't win a, a piece of the conference, in again, that top two to three, like I'm saying for Baylor, I just feel like Houston is still a little more consistent than KU. Totally. I would, I'd put my money on the Cougars, even though they've got certainly worse value at the moment, mm-hmm. but I'll, I'll go, I'll go Iowa state 82, Kansas 70. Okay. Well, All I'll right, probably man. be wrong, but that's my bold prediction. I like it. Let's, let's bring it out there. Speaking of bold steeple Ridge bourbon. It's got a bold flavorful taste out of lonely Oak distillery. It's a, uh, it's a good bourbon, and it's going to taste better if Iowa State goes 2-0 and these next couple weeks. That, that'd be a three-game winning streak. That puts you at 5-2 and two in the conference. So if Iowa State takes care of business, defends the home court, go pick up a bottle of Steeple Ridge bourbon at your local grocery store or liquor store bottled and distilled at Lonely Oak Distillery. We're in the Channel Seed Studios, and we're going to close with some NFL talk these last 10 to 12 minutes. Brock Purdy onto the NFC Championship in his second year as a starter. He's done it twice. Had a bad game on Saturday. I don't think anyone would really argue that. Whether it was the wet ball, whether it was the moment being too big, 
whether it was Debo Samuel getting injured, Purdy was off, his accuracy was bad. He was missing guys by a lot through a couple passes that should have been probably not only interceptions, but pick sixes. But there's a caveat. The number one criticism of Brock Purdy has been, look at how great he is with the lead. Look at how awesome he is when everything is going according to plan. When they're up 13 points on the Rams on a 70-degree day in Northern California in November. Look at how awesome he is. But the second that any adversity strikes, he's got to come from behind. He's got to come and tie the game. He collapses. He throws a pick. He fumbles. Well, Brock Purdy did it. He had a bad game, and they were probably trailing 30% because of him, 30% because of the defense, 30% kicking, blah, blah, blah. He was a large reason why the Packers should have won that game. But he overcame his own mistakes and led the Niners down the field for a game-winning drive where he was pretty much perfect outside of a drop. Yeah, which was not on him. I don't know why that's not enough for critics, for national media. It beats me. These guys don't want to be wrong. I get it. But if Brock Purdy had 23rd overall pick in front of him, it would be nothing but praise for how he overcame a tough game in tough conditions. Instead... It's about all the negative he did and not any mention of that throw he made to Ayuk or the scramble he made to set up Christian McCaffrey's touchdown. Rant or over. the throw he made to Jawan Jennings, oh, which yeah, was right. a hell of a throw and an incredible catch, but just because of the traffic which it was in. You know, I, I love NFL football as much as just about anything, really as much about anything other than college basketball. I have two reasons, Jake, for why we see that kind of perception in the media. I think one... Let me, let me get... I see that perspective because I'm an Iowa State fan. I, I recognize that. There's no doubt. I'm always going to be defensive of Brock Purdy. But I also right. don't think that Purdy is a top eight or nine quarterback in the league. I don't, I don't think that he's better than a... Jalen Hurts or Justin Herbert. I'm not, trust me, I'm not that. But Purdy is above the level of Desmond Ritter. He's above the level of Tua. He's like, he's on a tier that's not the elite of the elite, but he is a good quarterback. And he proved that time and time again throughout the season and again on Saturday. Now you, you go ahead. What I'm saying though, I... I, for the most part, agree with you. I think that he is looked at or, you know, kind of talked about more negatively. I think you hit it on the head with the draft spot because oftentimes we see spots like that. Maybe it's, you know, like a, you know, a shorter run. Maybe these guys aren't consistent over several years. People don't want to be wrong. People that put hundreds, thousands of hours into this type of thing. So I think it's that. But I think you made the distinction, man, that I love to hear because like I I'll always now have, you know, kind of a, an affinity, a positive bias toward Iowa State 
because I got to work there, live there for a couple of years, loved it. You have that spot where you work in the media, you're a fan, but you acknowledge that. And I feel like people kind of put Purdy in this tough spot because many of the talking heads or people like that, when he would be hot for a while, they would automatically throw him into that top tier because MVP and, you know, what can he do that gets those types of clicks, views, attention. But if you're honest and and you say, man, he's good, he's a really good quarterback, he's done all these things, he just showed he can do one of the kind of biggest questions leading a team in the comeback, and you just enjoy that and take him and this situation for what it is, it'd be better for everybody. Because I think that, yeah, I agree. I, I don't think he's a top five guy, and I don't think it's fair to say that, but I think he is a really good quarterback, a good starter, and a guy that has shown, whether it's scripted or a little bit off script, can do enough to get his team to the Super Bowl. Because that's exactly. what we're going to be saying. And I think, you know, I'm, I'm kind of proud of, of kind of breaking it down like that with you because we both kind of feel different sides of this. But that's where I'm at. It was cool, man. I was watching with my family, who obviously a lot of them are Packers fans, but they like Purdy a little bit because of Iowa State. I'm like, guys, you know, your your team has played really well. Niners are going to win this. And he showed up, and he did it. And I think it's a really cool thing on multiple levels. And as we get to picks here in a minute, I think that was an opportunity to shut people up, which he did late. And I would think that he fully shuts up a lot of people this weekend. Yeah. Well, I'll close out the party conversation just by saying there's no nuance. There's absolutely no nuance. It's either he makes one bad throw. Oh, this is why he was the last pick in the draft. See, we were right. There's no way that this guy should be the starting quarterback for one of the best teams in the league. Or it's... Give me one reason why you'd rather have Justin Herbert than Brock Purdy. Purdy's stats are better. Come on, man. Watch the game. Like, there's no nuance for the most part. It's just like politics. It's the extreme 90%, the extreme 10%. They just are so extreme that you miss out in the middle where it's like, you know what? Purdy's probably in that. Kirk Cousins, Dak tier, but the difference between him and those guys, he's not taking up 37% of the cap space. He's taking up n- none of the cap space, which is part of what makes him valuable. All right. Rant over. That's enough. Well, I, I'm not even sure it was a rant. I think it was a good breakdown there. Man. No, you're right. But sorry, it clearly been on my mind the last four days, just how insane the narratives are. I think and that it's was not gonna well it's said. not gonna get any better it, because <laughs> the game is still gonna be played on Sunday and whatever happens, nobody's opinion is gonna change. Well, it's funny, dude. We were texting like, you know, oh, okay, it's it's kind of a tough spot, Kansas State game tonight, focus on basketball. It's gonna end up being one of our longest, I wouldn't even say most uh intense kind of passionate shows that we've we've kind of broken things down so i'm gonna if you'll allow me jumping off the rundown a little bit i want to go in an opposite uh just order not an opposite direction here but 
it's a little bit natural with Purdy, and I want to save what I think could be, again, the game of the year for the last part. So you're guaranteed to get a prominent Cyclone featured in the Super Bowl because of the NFC, and they're now prominent NFL players as well. Obviously, David Montgomery, one of my favorite Bears, now a great player on the Lions. We just talked about Purdy. So that's the second game on Sunday. To me, the Debo injury is going to come into play a little bit. But I just, if if Shanahan is who I think we all think he is, if Purdy's exactly what we just broke him down to be, if the Niners' defensive talent is all that we feel they are, Jake, this is a game you can't lose. Because this is kind of your, we talked before the show about some teams that have missed their windows. Who knows what their window looks like? But this is almost handed on a platter to advance to the Super Bowl. And that's why I've talked about how I love Dan Campbell, this awesome story that the Lions are. But I've got like a 31 to 20 type win for San Fran to get to the Super Bowl. See, I'm completely in the same boat. But we all saw that stat that under Kyle Shanahan, teams are 0-37 when trailing. Was it by seven in the fourth quarter or something like that? I think that? it was five, Just five plus. Five plus. So this is another game where if Detroit is leading in the fourth quarter, I just think they win. I don't see San Fran going against that stat two weeks in a row. Okay. But this is also the type of game where if Christian McCaffrey breaks a 45-yard run on the first drive, if Purdy hits Kittle for a 37-yard crossing touchdown, I think the Niners could win this one like a 24 to. 10 27 to 13 type game which is probably where i'm going to lean i'm going to go like 24 13 but if the lions tie it in the third quarter the crowd gets tense who knows who knows what could happen i think it's going to be a really good game and on the flip side i agree this chiefs at ravens game at two o'clock could be the game of the year I, I cleared my schedule. We we hyped up the Chiefs-Bills last week, lived up to the billing, and I got no problem saying the Chiefs are my AFC team. They have been before Mahomes, I can promise, watching the Andy Reid-Alex Smith comeback So I was hanging with friends. I think the Ravens are the better team. That's not a crazy thing, I know. Their defense is the best unit of anyone, offense or defense, left in yep. the playoffs. And I'm a huge Lamar Jackson fan. I think that he also rightfully shut many people up in a couple ways this season already. I think we get an absolute duel here, but I think for emotional reasons, you know, I have a Chiefs future and, you know, other things like that. I'm going to trust Mahomes until I see something else. So I think this is a game where great offense beats great defense. I was actually really impressed with some of Casey's not so great wide out stepping up. Andy Reid called a minus a type of game last week. I think this could be a thriller. I'm going to go. I want to give kind of a, a weird score here. Let's go 29 to 26 type win for the Chiefs and the Chiefs Niners potential Super Bowl in the future. 
I'd love to disagree with you for argument's sake, <laughs> but the cardinal rule of of life is you just don't bet against Mahomes. <laughs> it just they should not be here. They shouldn't be. <laughs> but they are. And that's because of Patrick Mahomes. I will not pick against Mahomes ever. I don't care. He can prove me wrong and they can lose and I can look like a fool. I'd rather feel like a fool picking for Mahomes than against him. Mm-hmm. And that's, I know that's probably bad analysis. Actually, it is bad analysis, but I don't care. I think it'll be Chiefs Niners, but I'd rather see Ravens Niners. Okay. I and either some, way, I want some new storylines. It's a rematch either way of very recent history. It would be Chiefs yep, Niners. Yep, or 2013. Yeah, the horrible. So it's going to be fun, man. You know, I'm like I, like I always say, take care of plenty of work ahead of time. We'll be glued to the couch at 2 o'clock. And I would think I, I won't miss too much of the NFC chip either. But great stuff today, man. This is this is a lot of fun. This is probably a top three breakdown for me. Aiden, before we get out of here, what do you think? Sunday. Niners. All right. Ravens. All right. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. Okay. I like it. I like it. I can't wait. We've got... A great sports weekend ahead. Like college basketball Saturday, all four big four teams in Iowa, men's and women's, are playing. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's going to be crazy. I'm going to be at Hilton in the morning, and then I'm going to make it to the Nap Center for Drake, you and I, by five. And I'm going to be double dipping. It's going to be a wild sports weekend, but I cannot wait. This is what you do it for. This is why you live. (laughs) A lot of Red Bull. I can't wait. We appreciate everybody. Great stuff today, Jake. Yep. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. If you're driving to the game right now, please get there safely. If not, be safe anyways. Why not? This has been firmly entrenched on Iowa everywhere. Thanks to Heartland Flags and Gifts and Steeple Ridge Bourbon. And thanks for listening in the Channel Seed Studios. Iowa everywhere.